Celebration Thursday on this March the 24th in the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. I'm trying to stay dry up here. How about you? I'm in the house. Oh, okay. Wow. Go back in your house. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad. Did you sleep outside last night? or No, no. Just getting some fresh air. Yeah, I we went uh, about, what, 600 miles yesterday to the various congregations for Lent, and it no. was rainy, but really wasn't that hard. So, and there were a bunch of areas where it was pretty dry, so that was pretty good. But... You found an article that I think is really important to talk with our listeners today. Part of the goal of law and gospel is not only to give you doctrinal accuracy regarding doctrines of Scripture, particularly in light of Jesus Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension, but also to answer questions that people have. And this was an article that was a question given to Southern Baptist Theological Seminary President Albert Moeller, Jr. Now, we really respect him. He's on issues, etc., a number of times. And the question was a very interesting one. Should Christians attend same-sex wedding ceremonies? And what was Dr. Mueller's response? Well, the first thing he responded was, so the whole context of a wedding as a public event is a public exchange of vows and a public declaration of the rightness uh, of a relationship. So it's not one of these little private things that go on, but publicly stating and, uh, he said, remember that the traditional word used for those attending a wedding is that they are celebrants. They are there to celebrate the wedding. And, and he uh, says it's virtually impossible to go to a wedding of a same-sex couple, couple and go and smile and not give affirmation to what you believe if you are a Christian that this is fundamentally contrary to nature injurious to human flourishing, and certainly against the Word of God. Yeah, and I, I think that's an important point, that uh, a value point that, that he makes. Uh, you know, he goes on to say that if you're consistently biblical in your thinking, you simply can't go to a wedding that actually isn't a wedding. For marriage that you don't believe is actually a marriage. Or we believe it's between a man and a woman. Right. In fact, he even goes on to say that occasionally you would, as a pastor, for example, not even marry if the one is a man and the other is a woman standing at the altar because there could be biblical reasons why they should not be joined together. Yeah. Uh, I think he makes an important point there that sometimes you have to to uh, talk to the couple about that. 
Yes, I, I, I've had situations where a woman gets pregnant out of wedlock, and then she says, well, I guess I have to marry him. Then you ask him, well, do you love him? No, I really don't love him, but, you know, I need to have a father for my baby and such. And he doesn't love her. And so that would not be a very good way to begin a marriage where there's no love there uh, between the two of them. But they were just having a, a, a night of pleasure. And that was all that was in their mind at the time. Right. Well, I remember a situation where the couple came in and just from some of his answers to to some of the questions, I I uh, told them that they needed to sit down and do some talking with one another before they came back to me. And loosely speaking, six months later, I called her up. And I said, I haven't heard anything from you. She said, well, I'm glad you told us to sit down and talk. I found out that he was bisexual and wasn't going to stop his way of living, and I just could no longer be engaged to him or married to him. Yeah, I had a situation like that uh, where they were going to get married. He was Baptist. She was a member of the congregation, Lutheran. And as I was sitting there, I just asked the question I always do is, what's going to happen when you have a baby? And she said, oh, we're going to definitely baptize the baby. And he spoke right up and said, no, I don't believe in baptism of infants. We're not going to baptize any of our children. They ended up no longer getting married. Yeah, so there there are reasons that we can see that a man and a woman may not uh, join together in there. But uh, he goes on to say, especially in terms of LGBTQ. Yes, when you're dealing with that, that's just really something that is contrary to the will of God. And I, I don't know how many uh, folks you have that are are gay. I, I've talked with a number of them. And the purpose, of course, is to get them to leave that lifestyle. It's a, a, a lifestyle of immorality. And uh, we were just reading uh, yesterday from Solomon on Proverbs, and he was speaking out against a church uh, well, that was actually in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, Thyatira. And they have a Jezebel in their congregation. She says she's a prophetess, and she, of course, is for uh, marital uh, sex between people who aren't married and all kinds of things. And God says what's going to happen is he's going to put her to death. <coughs> Excuse me. So that uh, has happened a number of times where I got um, a call from the police. Uh, an individual I knew had been arrested for um, being gay in a park and went to see him, and he died within two years oh, because but, of the disease. Uh, he goes on to make this statement, which I thought was rather good. One of the principles that has guided the Christian church through the centuries is that the church cannot sanction and Christians should not celebrate weddings that are illicit and unlawful according to the scripture. 
you know, we we have a responsibility in, in in our Christian churches not to sanction marriages that God doesn't sanction. Yes, yes. Um, then the the same article did talk about, uh, and you probably read this about Tim Wilkins, who was very similar uh, to what was being said. He says, I do not believe a Christian should attend such a wedding for this basic reason. This is not a get-together or a social event. He says, God himself is being called to oversee this solemn event, and those in attendance are witnesses of it. And so he says that you do not want to be a witness to uh, such an action. But then he goes on to say something that got me confused. He said, having said that, I am not opposed to inviting the couple to a dinner at a local restaurant sometime later where I treat them to a meal. Why? There is no theological conflict here, and such a meal would provide an opportunity to enjoy the meal and conversation. What is he talking about? Well, I put the best construction on it and said, said to myself that it's a point in which he can enter into conversation and witness to them about what they have done. That uh, I would I would say that since he is a Christian, that he would uh, say that uh, that such a thing is not sanctioned by God, even though that pastor went ahead and did that. And I'm sure that they would really enjoy a meal where they're being criticized for their lifestyle. <laughs> well, I would have rather imagined that if they knew the guy to begin with, they knew, they probably knew his stance and would talk to him about that anyway. And they're going to do that at a meal? Yeah. Well, and they're going to enjoy the meal? No, no. In my in my experience, no. Let, let's just change uh, the scenario here. What I really think is happening here. Let's, you know, I I've often made the point that I believe unrepentant homosexuals are really pedophiles, and the way that I show that is, you ask an unrepentant homosexual, will you tell a child? that it is a sin before Almighty God to live a gay lifestyle. And they will say, no, I won't tell them that. Well, remember, we sin not only by deed, but by thought and by word. And therefore, let's say that you found out your son was being fooled around with an individual, uh, a pedophile, would you invite him and your son out to a meal at a restaurant to discuss this? Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah, from the- this doesn't make any sense at all. What you do, you take them to your office if they'd even come. Uh, a meal is a time where you want to have enjoyment, and the law is not going to be enjoyable for these people to hear that what they are doing their whole lifestyle is an abomination before Almighty God. Yeah, from that angle, yes, you're, you are completely ever, uh, correct. Uh, I always 
took took it as an opportunity, although I never did it with a meal, to sit down and and, and talk with them and spend time witnessing to them outside the public events. Yes. This is really important that a pastor do that. Jesus was always talking to tax collectors who the Pharisees thought were sinners, to prostitutes, etc. And I am sure, sure, remember that one woman that was caught in adultery, they said, what did Jesus say to her? Go and sin sin no no more. Exactly. Jesus didn't mince words. And I'm sure that when Peter said to Jesus, don't, don't worry about going to Jerusalem. We'll protect you. You won't die in Jerusalem. Jesus said, uh, Peter, let's go out and have a meal, and maybe I can talk to you about this. <laughs> no. <laughs> what did he say? Feed oh, my sheep. No, to Peter when he said that. Get oh, get behind me, saying, uh, saying. Yes. Yeah, that, and that, that wasn't was over a meal. No. No, it certainly wasn't. Would there be other instances that, that a Christian wouldn't attend a public event, so to speak, besides a gay marriage? Oh, my, yes. In fact, um, you're you're a pastor driving down the street, and you're looking at a, a movie house as you're going by, and it's a big X-rated movie, and there you see two or three of your members standing in line to go see the X-rated movie. What would you say to them? <laughs> I would question whether they would want to fill their minds with such things. Exactly. So there are definitely places that Christians should not frequent. Uh, or, you know, there's places overseas where prostitution is legal, and that doesn't mean that a Christian can participate in that any more than they should participate in a gay marriage. Because I think Mueller really makes a good point that you are really supporting that marriage if you attend and give presents and uh, like is said that, boy, you're really glad that that is happening. Which right. Kinda, I, I, oh, go ahead. Which, which I kind of took took away from there is saying about God sanctioning, sanctioning, sanctioning such a, a thing that uh, when we go to these things or participate in these things, we're saying God says it's okay, when in fact his word says the exact opposite. And that includes if one of your members is standing in line to have an abortion. You really need to talk to her. No doubt about that, because to murder her own child is contrary to the will of God. And I I tell you, I do not go out to eat with people who are pro-abortion. Oh, I don't either. No. Now, I'll talk with them, and if they're members of the congregation, we'll bring them under discipline uh, in order to help them to understand. But it's kind of like two young people who decide, yeah, we're going to get married maybe in the future, and they start living together right then and there. That'd be another example 
of what they ought not be doing according to God's holy word. Yeah. Is this a kind of a rejection of the natural knowledge of God or the natural law of God that God places in our hearts, these senses of right and wrong, and and we go ahead and, and violate those? Well, I have a little problem with that part, the natural knowledge of God. If it was so natural, why are people doing it? People rob banks, and one would think that that's against the natural knowledge of God. But they do it, they enjoy it, they want the money, and they don't see anything wrong with it. The only time they get upset is if they get arrested and have to go to jail. But that's, of course, a consequence of their sin. But this natural law, for example, there are animals uh, that uh, uh, appear to be gay in their lifestyle. But we got to remember, this is not the Garden of Eden. This is a fallen world. And, mm. and therefore, there are things that are happening that were not happening in the Garden of Eden. There was no lion eating other animals in the Garden of Eden. They were all mm. basically vegetarians. Uh, so, so really, it's, it's for mankind, we're looking at original sin, our, our inherited sin, the total corruption of our whole human nature that propels us down this pathway, for instance, gay marriage. Yes. And the old Adam just loves to sin against God. Uh, the center of sin, if you spell it, is S-I-N. I become more important than God becomes. And he's not going to tell me, if I really love somebody, then I can have a relationship with them, even if it's contrary to the will of God. That's mm -hmm. the kind of thing that parents need to start raising their children to understand that, to bring them to church, Sunday school, vacation Bible school, so they can learn about the will of God. Yeah, or like uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Yes. Yeah, there, there's no doubt that for the Christian, he sees natural law in a totally different light than the unbeliever does. Because for the unbeliever, well, as long as you have love, then you're open to any kind of uh, behavior and practice, whereas for the well, believer, he has a different idea what love is. Love is, and I think that's that's an important point that you bring out. That uh, when we we talk about when we talk about real love, uh, love is Christ who died upon the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Even those that are, that are gay, those that think that they can sanction same-sex marriages, all these things that we see going on. Yeah, the the love that they have in the Greek would be the word lust. They have a lust for another individual, and that, of course, means they're contrary to the will of God. But interestingly enough, you sent me another article where it appears that the Roman Catholic Church is in trouble in regard to this. Can you explain that? Yeah, that's that's what I was trying to allude to a little earlier, that uh, there's a rebellion going on, especially with the German Catholic bishops, 
in which uh, they want to set aside a, a natural uh, law and and thus also set aside certain scriptures, although they don't uh, talk about it. Uh, the, the implications are serious for the Roman Catholic Church watching these uh, Protestants worldwide. Yes, in fact, in the article you sent me, there is a photograph of a bishop who is conducting a marriage ceremony between two men. And it's just horrendous to look at that this bishop, Roman Catholic bishop, would go ahead and go against God's word to this level. Yeah, they they go, the bishops go on to say that we can no longer have the assumption of natural law alone, but must think more seriously in such categories as caring and responsibility for one another. In other words, if God calls something a sin, we can no longer call it a sin. We have to think about how we're going to care for them and responsibly prove them. Nothing about Christ dying upon the cross. Talk about the words of a pedophile. I I really want to care for these little children. And that's Mm. what I'm doing. I'm really loving. I I saw a law and order uh, segment, you know, that television program and a pedophile had been arrested and he was saying, no, we love each other. And it was uh, like a 14 year old girl that he was fooling around with. And he thought because they had love between each other, then what they were doing is okay. Uh, Fortunately, the jury went ahead and still convicted him of being guilty uh, against the laws of the land. But who knows that pretty soon, if we've got gay marriage okay, we're going to have, where you can have more than one wife, pretty soon, uh, who's going to be able to go against uh, what these individuals are doing? Yeah, it's it's uh, a serious problem when you start moving the the needle towards saying it's not God's word, and we ourselves put ourselves up as a god in in our interpretation. Are we not just putting up our own false god? Right. In fact, I I heard an excellent uh, talk uh, by a senator uh, in the United States who is quite biblical and conservative. And he was making the point that in the past few years, the Supreme Court has moved from being a judicial body deciding items on the basis of the law to actually making law that were is unable to be passed in Congress because the liberals don't have the vote there. So instead they put in people in the court as judges who will then do for them what they're unable to do by getting the people to vote for what what they desire. And I think that was a really important point. And I think another important point is, is I was listening to issues on Tuesday and they made a, a, an important point that, that uh, God has sent forth the church that we have today and he gives to the church pastors, and they they are God's spokesmen, and they are spokesmen according to the word and the sacraments, and not to to come up with new and inventive ways to interpret scripture, 
But, it, but to speak it as God through through Christ has plainly spoken. Well, we're talking about the transfiguration where the Father says, listen to him. And therefore, you know, Elijah and Moses were there, but the ones we really listen to are Jesus because all that Mo Moses and Elijah were often saying is what God himself wanted them to say. And that's why, well, God sent Jeremiah and Ezekiel to the people of Israel, telling them they were going into Babylonian captivity because of their unbelief. And a lot of people don't realize that, that when they support gay lifestyles, etc., that's really an act of unbelief. And I, I'm trying to think of an unrepentant homosexual that I've been working with over the past 20 years that isn't dead. They, they die of, they have a very high level of suicide as well as illness, etc. And that's exactly what Revelation says about the church at Thyatira, that God is going to have those people die who are like Jezebel, O'Kane, immorality, and other such things. And we need to be aware of that to warn our congregation and also to raise our children up properly. Yeah, isn't it also at the baptism of Jesus where God the Father says, this is my beloved son, listen to him? He doesn't say that at the baptism. He okay. says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's at the there transfiguration that he says, listen to him. And that's because what did Peter want to do? He wanted to make wanted worship tents for Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. No, no, no. Listen just to Jesus. Even though Moses and Elijah in their particular office had much to say. But how long is it going to be that we don't recognize there are definitely Lutheran pastors in the ELCA that are taking part in gay marriages. And the ELCA has got to come to grips that they're really moving away from Christianity as the message. Well, All right. Thanks so very much for being on the air. And those are good articles. And we need to keep our people aware of the fact that you may think going to weddings, no big deal. But it is a big deal from God. If you have any more questions, email me. Tomorrow is email Friday. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.